Okay, here we go, episode 89. I I did not think I'd be doing this many solo episodes out here, but my trip has been extended. I am now going to be here till March 1st, so I will be away from home a full month, uh, which is which sounds nice. It is nice. I'm very grateful, but the reason being uh, because I've got some medical shite going on. Basically, I threw up blood the other night, which I've done a few times, a handful of times throughout the years, um, throwing up blood you know, whatever. It's uh, scary if it's something bad. Maybe it's just from eating too many Skittles. I pray. Um, but so, uh, yeah, so my trip has been extended so I can get my guts looked at. Also, my uh, my front tooth broke right down the middle. It's not shattered out, but there's a line, a crack line going right down one of my front teeth. And can you imagine what my life will be like if I'm a bald man who's missing one of my front teeth? Giving a I'm going to give a, a longer pause for that. If that's my future, then I have no future. We all know that. It's like this is already an impossible feat. I'm climbing, trying to trying to be attractive as a bald man. It's an impossibility. And if I'm lo- if I lose one of my front teeth, we're in like Muppet territory. We're this isn't. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to work out. So and uh, there's no plan to get my tooth fixed out here so I guess I, I should be getting on that but just saying since I've gotten here as usual you know certain things go wrong uh, and I just got to get tested out to make sure I'm not some type of living dead girl I don't I don't want to be a part of a Rob Zombie prophecy that uh, uh yeah I just don't want to be part of anything Rob Zombie honestly although there was an ironically there was an era where I was living out here uh or trying to live out here for a few months, and I did have an interview at a Rob Zombie movie, not to act, uh, to be like a PA in the art department, and I, it was really weird, um, because this office was empty except me, this guy, and Rob Zombie, and and I have, I mean, I think I've talked about it on the cast before, but I've always wondered, what what would my life, what would my life be in? What would my life have been like if I had just said yes to that dress and become a guy who throws fake blood all over the walls of Rob Zombie movies. Um, I'll always wonder. I'll always question that. But um, I don't know. Also, I, m- I remember a long time ago when I was out here, I had a flashback today uh, of when I first moved out here when I was like 19 with Brandon and Taylor. And um, on the, I think day one or whatever, day one of me having a bicycle, um, I was kind of hit by a car or like a car a big moving van took a harsh right and I like jumped off my bike to not get clipped and it ran over my bike and I was a 19 year old it was very scary and uh you know my bike was smashed and the guy who I maybe was an illegal worker or whatever you know let's let's keep his name off the record um that guy was like you know begged me not to like do anything he was like i'll give you money just uh if you come to my house after my shift and this is this is insane now thinking back to this i was 19 and this like 50 year old man gives me an address to go to saying i'll give you a check for the the cost of this bike or whatever it was like 40 dollars. he didn't even give me the whole thing anyways um it's crazy to think that i just trusted that and i and i just trusted that was a real address um, and it's even crazier that me, Brandon, and Taylor drove to that address, knocked on some door in the hood, and asked if whoever was home and for for, for the money. He, I remember him. Yeah, it was t- terrifying to do. We didn't know where we were going. We just went to this place, and then we we're like, maybe we should not be getting out of our car and knocking on these doors asking for money. But I did it, 
it was weird, and I think the guy was probably shocked that I did show up. And and I got that 80 bucks. So <laughs> ever since then, I stood up for myself, and since then, my life's been great. TJ's been talking to me, my cousin TJ's been weighing in on the Coldplay issue, the Chris Martin issue, and I had this other thought of, about Chris Martin, um, Coldplay singer, for those not in the know. He... He's kind of like John Taffer, actually, the bar rescue guy, because he f he creates Chris Martin and John Taffer do the same thing. They will make a face at you so hard, which makes you have to do it back. You have to accept what they're doing. They're, John Taffer does this thing where he'll nod and smile. He makes you do it as well. So does Chris Martin. Every time he's talking, he's, he's like pretending he's overjoyed in this way and nodding and smiling and just kind of forcing you to do that as well. What's in the news? Um, let's see. There's an article about a family warning others after a daughter dies in a tubing accident. And I did watch this clip. And, um, and it's not funny, but there's uh, but I, I, I did find it odd that like this family's mission is now to warn people forever about the dangers of inner tubing, which I get if your kid dies from something that, that often becomes a cause, mothers against drunk driving, whatever it is. But it does seem like if you're talking about freak accidents of inner tubing on a lake that like, I don't, I don't know if that needs a lot of spokespeople for it to be saying like, be careful about, of course, like it's just a weird. Yeah. Anyways, I wish him the best, but I don't know if they should spend that much energy, uh, warning people about inner tubing. I think they should just do, put that money towards ayahuasca or some other healing mechanism. Uh, also in the news, mass shootings. What what are the odds? The, um, and I don't even know which one I'm referencing because there, it is so frequent. But I do. I did have this thought, which must be a completely original thought that no one else has ever had. Um, my thought was, in in general, about these things. Like, why did the, why do these things happen now? Why didn't they used to? And I truly think it is the internet, uh, in, in the most simple ways, of that the internet allowed. Uh, it basically it gives small-minded people big ideas they're getting information they're copycatting they're they're the same as when books came out there's a danger in who you give this information to who you spread ideas to because some people just can't handle ideas and those people seem to be shooting a lot of public places so my thought is it's just the internet's fault it's just information we're not all supposed to be have access to the same information don't give your little nephew the anarchist cookbook if they exhibit certain traits like trying to drown animals there's just don't give them more information about how to harm because some people just like to harm okay so uh, maybe two or three nights ago i'm laying in bed and watching something i think i'm watching i don't know why i was watching this i was just watching the last dance michael jordan's documentary um, and I've seen it before, and I just put it... I don't know why I put it on. I'm not a sports guy. I can't say why I chose to, to watch it. I just was watching it. And I'm only saying this so you understand that I was completely aware. I was not dreaming. This is all real. So I'm laying here in bed. It's like 1 a.m. I start hearing some ruffling, some, some, some sounds outside my window. And it's in, kind of in the trash can. Could be a coyote, because they are around here. They're making sounds. Could be whatever. But either way, it's loud, and it's kind of, it's not hiding that it's there. And then I hear it appear on the other side of the window. Basically, it kind of jumped a fence or something, but I didn't hear an animal jump a fence. And I start thinking, that's definitely a human. Based on the frequency of the movement of the sounds of the things, I was like, that's a human. And I'm, and I, I might be a paranoid person in general, but for me, this was the most I ever believed someone was trying to break in 
to harm or murder me and my family. The most I've ever believed it was this night um, because of the sounds, the type of sounds. So basically, um, and, and my true colors were shown. I didn't run out there and try to attack whatever. I hit pause on the dock, freeze, complete freeze. And I'm listening. Yeah, I could blame it on that I want to listen, but either way, I, my first instinct was freeze. And I'm listening, you know, I keep hearing things periodically. Then I start hearing a little bit on the roof, and I go, okay, it's fucking on. In the dark, I'm trying to put my pants on silently. And, uh, you know, I creep out the door. I'm trying to be as quiet as possible because I'm like, they can hear me if I can hear them. I go get a knife. And then I just start getting, I start amping myself up, going, it's time. This is this is actually why this must be destiny. This is why this trip, I, I came out here. This is why this is happening. It's to protect my family from murder. And I'm walking around with a knife in the house. I open that back door and I start looking, prowling. Also, I remained shirtless. I put jeans and shoes on. And I was sure I was trying to look as weird and scary as possible because if I run into some people, some Mansons trying to break into Murdy the Hollywood type, I'm gonna have to look scary too. I want them to go, what the? F-? There's a different freak has already taken over this house. So, um, yeah, I, I go, uh, you know, I'm looking around outside, but I'm also like, wait, maybe they're inside. I, like basically, sounds keep occurring in a way that. There's no way to tell what's going on. Also, I guess I should have started the story with this. It was a comically windy night. It's rarely this windy ever. It was like a hurricane. So, like, lights are being triggered by plants moving because of the wind. It's really hard to track certain sounds. But the sounds that I had heard digging around, they were definitely intentional. It wasn't... I knew that that wasn't the wind. I had accepted the wind sounds, and then there was movement. So, basically, look around the whole house, go out to this back door where the trash is... I start, I'm banging, I'm making like loud sounds too, I'm not, I'm not, at this point I'm not trying to hide, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna entice this or something, I don't know what I was doing, I just got myself amped up, um, I get myself amped up and, and loud long enough for that person to have left, I would made sure of that, like I didn't really want to encounter a person, I was hoping I would, uh, they would be scared away by lights or whatever, um, I don't find any people, needless to say, I finally come back in. I finally unwind. There's like half an hour of prowling around the house with a knife um, and, and just securing every possible lock, every possible area, like a psycho. And I get back in bed, and then I start hearing humans. It Definitely humans. A guy and a girl either fighting or maybe laughing. I don't know what was going on, but I was like, okay, so it is two crackheads who crawled up here and they're trying to murder me. Um, but at that point, I was so tired. I was just like, can I, I can't get redressed. I can't do this. The voices were far enough away. I was like, I think the presence I had made known at least pushed them to murder the next house. So that's, that's, I did find my true colors that I, I will try to scare intruders into thinking it's easier to murder the next guy. And I'm not going to run over there and save them. I just want you to get away from my family. It was probably just coyotes, and, and then maybe neighbors were, like, laughing later on. But either way, I, I was in real, it's do-or-die mode, and I'm going to, I was like, I have to deal with the fact that I'm about to kill someone. And that's crazy that I was that optimistic, too, that I thought, I'll, <laughs> I'll win. Um, it's Friday night, I'm recording myself talking. Oh, yeah, I guess I better leave a last will and testament, because I'm going to go under anesthesia. I'm getting a colonoscopy and an end- endoscopy. I'm going front and back. Um, so, uh, I could die because I have anesthesia. Could be dying here. Also, could die based on what they find. Pray that's not the case. Pray to whatever the thing is. But, um, 
either way, guys, my last will and testament will, will be this. As for my items, I want all of them tied to balloons and shot up into the air. Where they land, that's who gets to keep those items. And by then, they'll be crushed by the fall. So they'll be of no value anyways. It'll just be a fun experiment. Um, and I think I talked about this with Will before I left. Most importantly, don't listen to my voice memos. And don't look through my notes, okay? Because these are all a mixture of stand-up comedy ideas, and I don't do stand-up, and song ideas, and I don't really make music anymore. But I still will record myself or jot down whatever, lyric ideas or comedy ideas, and they all look psychotic because it's 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 the most embarrassing. There'd be no way to parse out what is sincere and what is supposed to be funny or it would be it would be the worst thing in the world. You'd lose all respect for me if you listen to my voice memoirs and it's me going. It doesn't make sense, but I can't delete these things because they're like little ideas that at one point when I was stoned liked. So I just pray that no one looks through those. I mean, I don't have to pray. I'm making it my business. It's my will. Do not listen to my voice memos. In the event of my death. Um, yeah. What else? What do I want to happen to my body? Well, I think you know a few things I'd like. I want a full... I want my body to experience a full vacation in a, in a way that I've never... I want my body to experience things I've never experienced. I, the things I was afraid to do. Swim with the sharks. Skydive. Whatever. I, I want my body to, to get some of those experiences without me having the mental fear. And by being dead, it's a problem solved. So I am on this kick of, of unfollowing people on Instagram that I don't really know or like. Uh, and it, it actually is reducing my rage, I've noticed. I'm like, it, it's, a, it's actually great. You don't have to look at things that enrage you. And you can apply this across the board, um, the news or whatever. And, you know, you don't have to look at these things. Um, you don't have to post about J.K. Rowling just because everyone is posting about that today just because they saw someone else post about it because someone wrote an article. You don't have to have an opinion about these things because you actually don't. If you did, you would have posted about it organically. It wouldn't have been triggered by that the New York Times said something. You don't have opinions, guys. You, you, you don't have them. So you don't... It's okay to not have opinions also. Like, you don't have to pretend that you have feelings, opinions, or thoughts. Just be, just go to work. I don't, just do the best you can to not engage in whatever this new marketing is that is just using our bodies and minds to sell products. Like it's, that's kind of what's happening. I feel like it, like everyone wanting to weigh in, weigh in because of social media, because social media said you get to have an opinion and that is your only real voice in the world. That's kind of a way to just make you a television to promote Colgate or whatever product they're they're pushing, like whatever the thing. It's like we're all just promoting products to each other, and none of us have the money to buy any product because we're all broke. Was that 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 was deep, right? That was incredibly deep of me. Uh, what else is deep that I think? Oh, I thought of a, a a really good reality show idea. I think this would be actually a funny idea. It's called Character Island. And it is, uh, it's like, it's basically like Survivor or any of those kind of like, like island pain, pain shows. But you have, you come in as a, a known character, like you, you, and you can't break character. And once you, and once you break character, you're kicked off the island. So you're going through like grueling days and nights. You're like so bugged. You have like rashes and you're like, 
in pain you're hungry but you can't drop the uh whatever the australian accent you 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 went in with this character and you're sticking with it i go in i go in as a guy from the 40s in jamaica i'm stuck with that it doesn't matter if i break my leg because if i change if i drop out and i become asher again and go help then i lose two hundred and fifty thousand uh dollars i'm trying to think if it would be funny if i said cents and then I go, it's not gonna be funny if you say that um, so Character Island, I, I, I sincerely think this would be a funny idea because people would go in, you know, you got to stick to character and we'd have, there have to be some kind of process in which they're vetting your character to make sure it's not just you. Obviously you'd have to like, there have to be certain, you have to be, you know, hyper attributed to make it, uh, you know, it couldn't be nuanced characters. It couldn't be like, Oh, my guy is, uh. I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't be myself. So you have to make sure you're doing something. Maybe it'd be Accent Island. You have to keep an accent. Maybe that's better. Accent Island. Think about this the other day, too. It, isn't it funny that, like, burn, here's my stand-up. Okay, I'm going to do, so, do some stand-up for you guys. Isn't it funny that, you know, when I was a kid, being a burnout meant you were generally kind of kind of happy. Like, you were just kind of what? I chose wrong. Like, if you're burnout, you knew you had done wrong, or you knew you had failed at least. But now, the new gen of burnouts, i.e., like my youngest sister, they're like elitist burnouts. They're like whatever. Like they're they're like making fun of you for not ha- for not having given up yet. Like they think it's incredibly lame that you're still trying. As for me, I hated life by the time I was one. <laughs> And I, I do get that because I'm also a, whatever you'd call it, a spiteful, snideful uh, little rat boy who hates life. But I do think you got to strive for fun, okay, guys? The amount, of, the amount of which the world I hate is the reason why I have to do comedy. Because I have to have a good time. Because I hate everything. But I'm, you know, I'm not going to be an, uh, an elitist angry burnout. I'm going to be a, I'm, well, maybe, that's, maybe that is how some would define me, actually, if, now that I think about it. Ouch, guys. Can't believe you called me that. I got some blood work done today before I go uh, get my double ends cleaned out. And um, went and got it done. It was so quick. It was amazing. And then and they even said they take my insurance. I thought it was going to be like 500 bucks. So then I left thinking thinking I just made 500 bucks essentially. Because like this insurance actually fucking worked. And then they call me 10 minutes later and are like, the insurance didn't work. And so then I get... Then I'm, you know, fighting them on it because I'm like, you did say it worked, and that's I wouldn't have got it done if I was pretending like I wasn't gonna pay for it, ever, even though I was, I thought I was gonna have to, but I was pretending once they had said, no, you're clear, then I'm like, like I'm not giving you this money, so, um, so then I was like enraged and realizing and like just like flip my day around, like fucking five hundred bucks, even though it was it was already spent, but because it was potentially not. Then it was like, you can't have this. It like changed the entire, uh, my entire mood of the day and everything. And it wasn't even my 500 bucks. It was my dad's. But I was like, I just saved my dad 500 bucks. And then they tried to take it from me. And then I fought them a little. They, they were like, okay, we'll call insurance. And they called back and they said, we will take it. So then I was happy. I was elated, but also, also equally enraged. I was like, if I hadn't pushed back, you were just going to take that money. That money that's not mine, you're going to take of my daddy's. Um, and I won't allow that. But so 
Let that be a lesson to you guys. Always complain, whether it's seamless or your doctor, whatever it is. Complain. Try to get money back because half the time, it's you. You can have it for free. It's fine. You can get this facelift for free. We. I'm so. I'm sorry. We shouldn't even charge you. Should be free. Just start complaining, guys. Take a, a lesson from the book of Asher, the 37 year old with no job and no prospects. Start complaining. Okay, well, that's that's going to be it. Yeah, that's it for me, by myself, alone. We got to get Will to do to drop some solos, because I'm might on my own, and I want to know what the hell's going on in New York. And the only way friends communicate, as you know, if you're listening, is by recording yourself talking a one-sided convo and shoot it out into the universe. And your friends can listen on their own time, and then decide whether they agree or disagree with you by making their own recording. All right, that was episode 89 of This World Blows. (laughs) 